Atmosphere Church podcast. On behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this service. We pray that it will touch your heart and change your life. In addition to bringing you today's service, we want to make ourselves available to you in any way we can. If you need prayer or just someone to talk with, please send us an email to info at atmosphere.church. Someone from our team will be sure to connect with you. We have already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life God has called you to live. Enjoy the message. Well, as you can see from that video, we're in a series called Follow Me. And today we're wrapping up the series with this last message. And it was 2,000 years ago that Jesus used those two words, follow me, to extend an invitation to some pretty ordinary people that went on to do some pretty extraordinary things. We're going to be in the Gospel of John this morning, chapter 6. And while you're turning your Bibles or getting your smartphones out and turning on your Bible app, I, I want to just ask a question. I know a lot of us are already on social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. I have a question for you. Have you ever felt the need to hit the unfollow button? Maybe you got tired of reading your friend's political rants or seeing what they were eating for dinner. Maybe they just weren't a relevant person in your life anymore. But for whatever reason, you felt inclined to hit the unfollow button. I've never enjoyed hitting that unfollow button, but I have to be honest, over the last several years, I've had to do it a few times. And I had a moment about a year ago that a good friend of mine that's been in my life for several years, he was posting some things that I found to be really offensive. And, uh, you know, he's a good friend of mine. So I decided, hey, I was going to, you know, send a comment back to him on what he posted. And I thought, you know, it would give him a different perspective uh, from what he was writing. And instead of embracing what I had to say, he simply said, you can unfollow me if you don't like what you see or read. And it was hard. I love my friend, but he was going down a road I just could not go down. The flip side of this is realizing that your friend list lost a few numbers, that it uh, ticked down a few friends, that people that hit the unfollow button on you kind of hurts a little bit. Uh, I found out from another person uh, in my life that you can actually download an app and find out who it was that unfollowed you, but who would want to do that, right? But as we wrap up the series, I find this text in John chapter 6 to be very, very compelling and really a conversation that we need to have in the series Follow Me because it's in this passage, and it's a long chapter, but it's in this passage that we find Jesus really bringing this topic of following him down to a very powerful conversation. Jesus has these great moments in chapter six. We read about him feeding the 5,000 with this middle schooler's lunch, right? There's five loaves and two fish. Jesus blesses it. You can read the chapter later if you want, but he blesses the lunch. Everybody's able to eat, and a lot of Bible scholars believe the 5,000 is just the men there. So if you were to kind of count the women and children, who knows? There'd be 10, 15,000 people there, but it was a miracle. Everybody ate, everybody was full, and then there were baskets of food left over. And so the di disciples get in the boat. They're going to go to their next place of ministry over at the, the city, Capernaum, and and they ship off and they leave Jesus behind because he's in this place of solitude like we've talked about the last couple of weeks. 
And it says, as they were on the boat and they were heading over to their next assignment, Jesus comes in the middle of the night and meets them walking on water. So this chapter is just full of all of these powerful moments of Jesus. Really, his following was at its height. I mean, he had more followers than any other time in his earthly ministry. And these people that he had just gotten done ministering with just the uh, the night before are waking up the next morning going, man, we've never eaten such amazing bread before. Like that guy provided us the best lunch we've had in weeks, if not years, if not ever in our life. We got to go see where he's at today. And so they go look for Jesus. They can't find him. Word travels that he's at this new city, this place of uh, his next ministry opportunity, which is Capernaum. So all of these same people that were with him the, the day before, they end up going to Capernaum, they find him, and they're looking for another free lunch. And so instead of Jesus providing them another free lunch, what he does is he starts talking about him being the bread of life. He goes from taking care of their physical needs and now he wants to have a spiritual conversation with them saying, hey, it's great that I fed your stomachs, but if I feed your stomachs without ever feeding your soul, I've done you a disservice because at the end of the day, all that matters is that your soul is right with God. And so he starts using this free lunch that he just did the day before to give him a metaphor and saying that, hey, I am the bread of life. And if you don't eat of this bread, you're not going to have eternal life. And as he's going through this whole idea, it's, it picks up in verse 55. This is really powerful. And we've got to read this together to really get the, the whole gist of what, what Jesus is doing here. He says, for my flesh is true food. He's talking to the disciples. This is a great crowd of people that are around him, not just his 12 disciples. This is a big, huge crowd. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who eats me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread which came down out of heaven, not as the fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever." Now, it's at this point, the moms are grabbing the kids and running out of the room going, this guy has plumb lost his mind. He's saying that we need to eat him. Let's jump over to, to verse 59. It says, these things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? So they thought Jesus was giving them some kind of like a cannibalism directive. Like, you got to eat me in order to live forever. And that's what that, that's not what Jesus was saying here. He was using it as a metaphor to say, if you want to have eternal life, I must live on the inside of you. But he was using the whole flesh and blood kind of illustration to get his point across, which at that point, there were a lot of people around him that hit the unfollow button. It says, as a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and we're not walking with him anymore. So Jesus said to his original 12, the original disciples, he says, you do not want to go away also, do you? Here's what I want to tell you guys this morning. I believe everyone in their pursuit of God and their following Jesus will be faced with a defining moment like this, a crossroad, if you want to call it, an off-ramp where 
it just gets difficult to follow Jesus. And in our minds, we just think, man, it just would be so much easier if I just hit the unfollow button. Here's what I've noticed after being a pastor for almost 30 years. Very few people hit the unfollow button with Jesus because they don't think it's true. There are some cases where that's the case, but those are far and few between. Honestly, if I were to rank the reasons and give you my top three reasons that I've seen repeated over and over again of why people hit the unfollow button, there's three primary reasons. I call it transitional reasons, relational reasons, and circumstantial reasons. Let me kind of break down each one of them just to kind of see maybe if you've had a moment with your pursuit of God, you're following Jesus where where one of these has been true. Like transitional reasons are those times in your life where there's transition. Or I've seen where middle schoolers transition in high school or high schoolers transition into college or maybe even college they transition into, you know, having a job or moving away from their hometowns. And it seems in these transitional seasons that it becomes easy to hit the unfollow button. Like, you know, in middle school, you're excited about your faith, you're memorizing verses, you're hanging out with all of your youth group friends. But then in high school, there's a shift. And, you know, being, you know, a church-going person isn't as cool anymore. There's parties on the weekends that you're being invited to, and there's pressure to fit in. And so I've seen this time and time again, this like transition of middle school to high school where people hit that unfollow button or even high school to college. You know, people are living at home. Their parents are taking them to church every Sunday. Church is a priority. Church is relevant in their life. And then they go away to college. And then they get this professor that starts talking down about faith and talking down about Jesus or Christianity, seeing it's just irrelevant and full of contradictions, blah, blah, blah. Well, pretty soon... The college life starts catching up. You got fraternities, sororities, just Christianity, following Jesus just isn't really important anymore. It's not that you stopped believing. It's not that you stopped uh, thinking that, that Jesus is, you know, the Messiah. He's the Savior of the world. It's just not relevant for your life anymore. Maybe it's even college to moving away from your hometown. You're away from uh, all of, you know, your your people that you're, you know, used to doing life with, and now you're in a new season of your life, and you have this job, and you have these coworkers, and nobody's waking up to go to church. Nobody's even talking about church. And again, it's not that they don't believe in God. If you were to ask the average American, the average American will say, of course I believe in God. Some of them will even say they believe in Jesus, but Jesus just isn't a relevant thing for their life. And so what we do inadvertently is we hit that unfollow button. There's another reason that's called relational reasons that I've seen this happen more times than I can count where you know, typically it's in people's singleness and they start wanting to date and they wanna just date somebody and a lot of times it's motivated just not to be lonely. It's not necessarily to find that godly man or godly woman. And in the dating lifestyle, you know, you find that Mr. Right or Miss Beautiful and and you start kind of, you know, getting close to them and you you look at them and and you think, wow, they are so hot. They're so beautiful. It's like, wow, everything inside of me wants to be with them. But you haven't really paused to ask yourself some tough questions like, 
you know, where are they at with their faith? And, and uh, you know, are, are they going to be a, a good person that is going to keep Jesus lifted up in their life? Like those questions even uh, aren't addressed because, you know, uh, you, you find yourself just looking at them going, but they're so hot. You know, that, that girl is just like looking at a guy and just like, wow, have you seen him with a shirt off? Like he's got a six pack. Or that guy that's looking at that girl saying, you know, anybody can be a Christian, but not everybody can be beautiful, so I'm going to take the beauty. So you you have these relational things where you get tempted and you're just like, uh, it's not as important as being with this person. But then there's the circumstantial reasons, and these spaces are tough because you get into a position where you start asking questions like, why isn't God answering this prayer? And I'm doing what I think is the right thing, but yet it doesn't seem like my life is working out. And so you get through a couple of circumstances that maybe it's not going down the way that you thought it was going to go down. And now that God's in your life, you're not supposed to have these difficulties in your life. And there's all these questions that are unanswered. And so you get this temptation, just like in that relationship, just like in that transition where you're just like, it's just not worth it. I'm going to hit that unfollow button. See, everyone, I believe, in their pursuit of God, in their relationship with Jesus, is going to be faced with a defining moment, just like these disciples were, where Jesus looks at you in the eyes and says, you do not want to go away also, do you? See, mine was my freshman year of college, or after my freshman year of college, I had went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, was pursuing uh, pre-veterinary medicine, and I, I just had this crazy first year of college, like a lot of freshmen that are away from their homes for the first time and no curfews and nobody kind of watching what you're doing. And so I kind of went a little crazy. Now, I love Jesus. I want to tell you that I loved him. I went to church, but I had a roommate uh, that, let's just say he he didn't have a biblical worldview in his life. So just a, a couple of weeks into my new you know, stage of life, I was faced with all kinds of temptations and I didn't do well. I started going back and partying. Things that I said I would never do again in my life, I found myself as a young adult doing just a few weeks into my new season of life as a college freshman. Well, I did this for the whole year and it was kind of like this yo-yo year where I would party in the weekend, find my way into church about once a month and get convicted about how I was living it was just a, a miserable spiritual existence. And my freshman year was done. I had moved back home for the summer. And I'll never forget this day. I was swimming laps in my parents' pool in their, in their backyard. And I, I was just thinking about what I was going to do the following year. I had been given uh, a, um, an option here to move in with my roommates that were in my dorm they wanted me to be their third roommate, but I also had these Christian guys that I went to high school with, and they were also asking me if I wanted to be their roommate. And so I had to make a decision, and pretty quickly, and so as I'm swimming laps in the pool, I was conflicted because there was a part of me that I knew if I moved in with these guys from my dorm, that I was not going to follow Jesus. I was going to do the opposite. I was probably going to party and probably party even more than I did the first year. 
And on the flip side of that, there was a part of me that was drawn into these Christian guys because I knew that if I lived with them, I would really be more of a follower of Jesus, that that I would uh, be encouraged by these guys. And, and I was just conflicted. And I feel in that conversation that I was having in my head, God met me. And then God began speaking to me as I was trying to make this decision. And, and, and I'll never forget this thought. And I really believe it was the audible voice of God. At least it was audible in my mind. He said, Jim, you're either for me or against me. Either choose me or hit the unfollow button. That's really what I heard in my mind that day. And I believe if you follow Jesus long enough, you are going to be faced with that same experience that I had after my freshman year of college, where Jesus looks at you, regardless if it's a transitional reason, relational reason, circumstantial reason, where you hear the words of Jesus say, you do not want to go away also, do you? Well, let's fast forward. Let's go to verse 68. It says, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have words of eternal life. So before you unfollow Jesus, you need to ask this question that Simon Peter asked. And I love this because Peter is known for thinking out loud and opening mouth and inserting foot. Do you know somebody that's like Peter in your life? They just always get it wrong and they're always regretting what they said. So Peter is that guy that's always saying things he shouldn't say. But this time, ding, 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 he got the right thing out of his mouth. Lord, to whom shall we go? See, what Peter realizes and what we need to realize is that when you unfollow Jesus, you're making a decision to follow someone or something else. When you choose to unfollow Jesus, when you back away from Jesus, you are inadvertently backing into someone or something else. Peter says, to whom shall we go? Peter's saying, before we walk away, we need to consider something. Jesus, you have the words of eternal life. No one or nothing that we've ever been exposed to in our lives has ever offered us that. And what Peter's processing is like, hey, wait a minute. I realize our life on this earth is short and nobody else has given us a plan of success of what happens to our life after we die. Here's what Peter understands. And maybe you haven't realized, or maybe the season of, of this virus has, has maybe woken you up to this fact. No one gets out of here alive. That you're born, but at one point in your future, you're going to die. There's going to be some point in your future where you're going to take your last breath. And what Peter is realizing in this conversation with Jesus, and we have to understand this, that you, Jesus, are the only one, you're the only thing that has ever given us a solution of what happens to our life once we take our last breath on this earth. Like you are giving us the words that are eternal. Let me just give you the definition of eternal life. It means absolute fullness of life without end. I like to say it this way, unending, overflowing life. Peter's saying, who else or what else can deliver that? Let, let's be real. The most famous person, the most popular person 100 years ago, 
is not even really talked about anymore. Maybe they're in the history books and maybe when we're in history class, we talk about this person, but nobody's thinking about that person. 100 years ago, they were the cat's meow. They were the famous person. Everybody was talking about them. But yet now, 100 years later, fast forward, they're irrelevant and not even talked about. No matter how hard you try to preserve your life, you're not going to be able to. Peter says, Jesus, I realized, and, and I'm living woke, as the young people would say these days, that I'm living beyond this life that, that we see and know. That you have offered us something that is beyond this life, that's eternal, that continues to go on and go on. And I'm tired of just leveraging my life for now because I realize that at any given moment, this life that I have can be taken from me. Whether it's a virus or whether it's some other cause, I'm not going to get out of here alive. And you provide me a plan that goes on and on forever and ever and ever. I was reading a sad story of a Florida man who had spent some time in the hospital, recovered, was discharged from the hospital in Florida. And as he's leaving the hospital, it's a true story, he's leaving the hospital, he crosses the crosswalk in front of the hospital and he's struck by a car and he's killed. I, I don't know what that guy was thinking when he was discharged from the hospital, like, oh man, I'm so glad I got out of here alive just to be struck and killed by a car. See, we don't, we don't know when that last moment is going to be. That's why I look at people that are just freaked out over this virus and I want to say calm down. Calm down because if you follow Jesus, you've been given the words of eternal life. And yeah, we need to stay safe. Yeah, we need to use wisdom. But we shouldn't just avoid going out. We shouldn't avoid just, you know, getting our life back to normal because we're fearful that this virus is gonna take our life because if truth be told, we are more likely gonna die in a car wreck than we are from this virus. And again, I, I don't wanna cause uh, division. I, I don't want you to get mad at me for saying this. I just want you to understand that we need to stay safe. We need to walk in wisdom, but there's no amount of preservation that you can do or enact in your life that is gonna keep the inevitable from taking place and that is your death. But as a follower of Jesus, your death day becomes your spiritual birthday. Your last breath on earth becomes your first breath in heaven. And Peter says, Jesus, there's nothing else that can deliver what you're offering us. So if I don't follow you, I'm gonna follow something else. If I don't follow you, I'm going to follow someone else. And if I had made that decision that day to unfollow Jesus in my parents' pool, I guarantee you I would have followed someone or something else that would have made my life look a lot different, my friends. I, I guarantee you that I would have just thrown myself into following drugs and alcohol. I came from generations of alcoholism. I know I would have probably thrown myself into some kind of a dysfunctional relationship uh, it, it would have been awful. I just know it. And none of those things, drugs, alcohol, sex, relationships, even entertainment and worldliness and getting a lot of money and having this amazing career, none of those things are going to offer you eternal life. And I would argue that a lot of those things abused actually end up causing death. I heard it again this week that sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more 
then you want to pay. Besides, have you ever went back to things like this after following Jesus? Man, their emptiness is majorly exposed. You just know compared to eternal life, those things are so empty. So here's the question we need to ask ourselves, just like Peter. If not Jesus, who? If not Christianity, what? Peter continues this profound insight. Check this out in verse 69. We have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. The key word there is know. And in the Greek language, the word know there is know by experience. So Peter's saying, Jesus, we've walked with you. We've seen your miracles. We know that you are the Messiah. We've seen it with our own eyes. We've experienced it. We know too much. We know that you're real. And as I look back at that moment on my parents' pool, I know I couldn't unfollow Jesus because as I, I'm looking and thinking about my, my life, I knew too much. And, and just for a few seconds, I imagined my life without God. I imagined my life like trying to do life without the realization that God was real, without the revelation that God had done things in my life. And it just was like, I, I can't do this. I know too much. I know God is real. I've experienced God in my life. About 10 years ago, I had a crazy experience with a guy that I was ministering to at the Vegas church that I was leading. And this guy called us up, said he needed to talk to a pastor. I ended up going to his house and praying with him. He rededicated his life to Christ. And he became a really good friend of mine. And through the course of our relationship, we just continue to learn more and more about each other. And I remember this one afternoon, he just pauses. He was learning more of my story. He said, Jim, this is like blowing my mind. He said, at one point, our lives were parallel, like we were moving in the same direction. He had come to a relationship with Christ at a young age, but at some point he took the off ramp. He hit the unfollow button. And he said, I'm so glad you didn't hit the unfollow button. And he says, I look at where your life is now. And I'm thinking, man, if I hadn't hit the unfollow button, my life would look so much like yours. He said, I, I would have avoided all these headaches and heartaches that have come in my life because I made that decision not to follow Jesus. And I began following these other things that actually made my life so messy. And I don't want you to get me the wrong way. Like, my life is not perfect. But I knew exactly what he was saying. Like, if I had hit that unfollow button, I know I would have never married my wife, Tara. I know I wouldn't have the life that I have today. I know that more than likely, I'd probably be dead by addictions that I would have allowed to go uncontrolled in my life. Like, at one point, our life... Our, my life and my friend's life were exactly parallel until he hit the unfollow button. I'm here to tell you, somebody that's listening, that I want to save you unnecessary headache and heartache for your life. Don't hit that unfollow button. Regardless of how you're being tempted to hit that unfollow button, I'm telling you right now, only Jesus has the words of eternal life. And I want to end this message by asking the same question to you that Peter asked rhetorically to Jesus, to whom shall we go? Because when you choose to unfollow Jesus, you are making a decision to follow something 
or someone else, and you owe it to yourself to know the answer to that question before you choose to unfollow. See, salvation is free. It costs you nothing. Following Jesus will cost you something. But refusing to follow Jesus, by unfollowing Jesus, it can cost you everything. Would you pray with me? Father, I pray right now for everyone that is listening, that God, you would reveal yourself to them, that they would know that only you and your words have eternal life. And that God, if they're not following you today, that they would make a decision to say yes to following you. And if they're being tempted to unfollow you, that Jesus, you would remind them of who they are and what you've done in their life and that they would double down and follow you that much more for their life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to become a follower of Jesus, or maybe you want to rededicate your life to following Jesus, I want you to take a moment and text the Atmos phone at 805-807-9444 or email us at info at We want to send you resources, give you a Bible, and make sure we help you as much as we can to following Jesus because only Jesus has the words of eternal life. Thank you for tuning in today to another great message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on Spotify, iTunes podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and then click the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be part of our family. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at www.atmosphere.church. Finally, if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith? To make a donation, simply go to our website and click on the tab that says Give. Your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Until next time, we pray you will keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love.